home slice audio. Our distiller partner, Nick, he likes to tell us we're selling a $40 bottle of vodka for 20 <laughs> but he, com- he, he reminds us of that often. <laughs> Hey, everybody. It is uh, Mark and Rob, Whiskey at Work. I don't know how I felt about this initially when we were approached to talk about this, because our entire podcast is about whiskey, right? But uh, We dive, uh, we color outside the lines once in a while. Once in a while, and it's never been all that enjoyable, honestly. Houston's trying to make me drink <laughs> banana stuff. Or... Uh, but joining us today from Locals Only Vodka is David McQuiston. Hey uh, hi, David. <laughs> Welcome to the show. You got quieter when we were recording. <laughs> um, I uh, I didn't know how I was going to feel about any of us, David, and now I am having one of the best Mondays I think I've had in quite a while, honestly. <laughs> Fantastic. That's what we're here for. <laughs> this is is unique, and it's and it's honestly quite a story from you guys. Locals only vodka, mm-hmm. which I want to say right off the bat, you can find everywhere. Here in South Dakota right now, correct? Pretty much. We're heavy into liquor stores and off-premise. We're infiltrating the bars and restaurants. So let's just start at the beginning with this whole idea. Mm -hmm. Vodka is everywhere. It's been around since the the Russians and the the Polish decided to put a bunch of... potatoes in a bowl and you know let it ferment and mash it up probably a little bit. simplifying it a hair but. a little bit just to just a touch sure um and it seems like kind of so easy even russians can do it. <laughs> taking the whiskey angle on this a little bit a lot of craft distillers this is where they start mm-hmm. is with a place like vodka and gin yeah because it's something you can kind of roll out before your whiskey gets ready to go so yep. why did you guys think you know what We've we've got a product that we want to put into an already crowded market, and we think it's going to really succeed. Yeah. Where did it all begin for you, David? So the backstory started quite some time ago, right, with the personality traits of my business partner, Shane Cook, and myself. Um, but why vodka is really because it's the biggest category. And we felt that we had a marketing um, play to the Southern California lifestyle and living like a local that wasn't represented in spirits. And so we wanted to get into the biggest category that fed the most mouths. And so that's where we started. Not so much from the craft distillery point of view, where we make this vodka is at our certified craft distillery home place currently in Oceanside. Our partner, Nick, who's our master distiller, he is more of what you're talking about. So his whole life passion was to make American whiskeys, mm-hmm. and he's an engineer by trade. And so he had a business plan to open up a craft distillery near the Pacific Ocean that he could make gins and whiskeys and agave spirits and everything else, sell them at his restaurant. Shane and myself are commercial experts, so our entire career has been working for big corporate booze companies. I started at Brown Foreman working for Jack Daniels. Oh, nice. Shane worked uh, I for... I was wondering how the Wayne Putlack thing came <laughs> in. No, I know. So That's I carried like... Wayne's softball team for many years in Dallas, Texas. <laughs> I, it was, it's funny, just a Wayne, a Wayne story. When Dean first sent this email that said, hey, the guy from Locals Vodka is going to come up, and I just assumed it was Wayne because I'd seen that he'd invested, and I said... If Wayne gets punchy, I'm throwing him off the deck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because he, he does that. You know, oh, yeah. he comes, just punches you. And... 
<laughs> like, the hell? I only see you twice a year. Why do you always hit me? Well, yeah. You sometimes, well, why? Really? Well, you had to ask that question? Well, I know, okay. but, it, you know, so I, one I, good one, it'd be all right. But. I cut into the industry at Brown Foreman working with Wayne in Dallas back in the early 2000s. My partner spent a decade plus at Republic National, distributor out in California the first 10 years of his career and then we both ended up meeting at william grant and sons which is another supplier yeah. competitor of brown foreman and we were there during a very transformative period in their business in the u.s so when we got there they were more or less known as a sleepy scotch company selling the glenfiddich and balvini brands when we showed up they were going through a transformation to become a very innovative new to market company and so they were bringing brands like hendrix gin and monkey mm. shoulder blended scotch sailor jerry rum and really blowing those up from a marketing standpoint and so we were there um to really grow the business in the u.s and we learned a lot about brand and so one of the spaces that we shane and i identified while we were at william grant together was this idea of a southern california culture brand blowing up in san diego beers and clothing and home goods and apothecary and always felt like it was never quite represented in spirits. And so back to your question about like why vodka and how, how'd you get there? Yeah. We've lived a lifetime in spirits and each of us in our own unique way had this entrepreneurial spirit in us that we were always hustling or grinding or gritting on the side with some side hustle or whatnot <laughs> and found each other when we were going through similar life experiences, family, kids, buying our first house in Southern California, all that kind of stuff. And um, we just kept laying into it and said, like, if we would ever do anything on our own or together, it would be this Southern California vibe in the biggest category there is. And so we kept filling with it on the background for years. Nick, our distiller, opened his distillery right before COVID in November 19. Um, and that's when things really started to get serious and we started kind of ideating the brand on the side. You know, fast forward into the middle of COVID, um, Shane and I both left William Grant to remove the conflict of interest. And so we went to different organizations for a two-year stint while we really worked to bring this thing to market. Um, and then it was finally in spring of 21 where we got a big national retailer to say yes and bring us in to about 30 stores as proof of concept. And so at that point, we turned to each other and said, okay, we've done what we set out to do. We're on some shelves we need some financial backing to really make this thing go. Um, and if there's two things I'll tell you, being an entrepreneur in this space that we did not know that went, now we know a lot more of, it's one, the investment community side of things. <laughs> and the other is you really take for granted the power of the big suppliers we worked for, that they've been around for a hundred plus years. They have the relationships mm -hmm. and the route to market through the distribution network, which is second to none. So they can pipeline a new brand in and off it goes. But starting a new consumer brand from zero is quite different, you know, and it goes back to the old adage of, you know how you make a small fortune in spirits? <laughs> you start with a big fortune. Right. right. And so you play those two things together, and it really is part of the tension that we've felt all along this journey over two and a half years now. I think it's, I love the idea of the the, the name you came up with for branding, too. Mm -hmm. I get the, the Southern California vibe with it, of course. Yeah. It, it, it just, it obviously fits, right? Right. That is Southern California. Yep. But it works when somebody walks in to a liquor store here in Rapid City and is like, oh, locals only. Well, that's, 
I'm, I'm a local. I might go ahead <laughs> yeah. and just go ahead and buy that, right? Absolutely. That was brilliant. I mean, yeah. really. So locals only is a surf term, right? Okay. It, it's a nod to your local surf beach. It was really Nobody big. out here would know that. Which is... Right. It was big back in like 70s and 80s. It was, okay. more, it was more like skulls and crossbones, right? Uh, but we tried to come with a more inclusive touch to it as the localization of industries, drink local, shop local, eat local, started blowing up over the last five, 10 years. We really wanted to dive into that equity. And so, you know, the brand ethos behind Locals Only Vodka is live like a local and share the stoke. And so what we're trying to do when we go to these new markets is create a community around the localization effect of the name itself. And, you know, as I mentioned to you earlier, the second market we launched in was North Dakota. And we went up there to say, like, if we can take it here and show that it can resonate and build a community, we, we can't go everywhere with it. And you went to, you went to Dickinson, of all we, places, We went right? to Dickinson. <laughs> we, we, um, we launched our first what we call our Live Like a Local Tour in Fargo last August. Okay. And so the Live Like a Local Tour is a concept of basically a bar crawl on steroids. So for two days, we went to Fargo and experienced a wonderful time with about 15 to 20 bars that bought into the Locals Only brand, created drink features, and displayed us um, for consumers. And, you know, Saturday night, the second night of the bar crawl, it's like three in the morning, <laughs> and we're, we're in Marge's bar, down in these like cobblestone steps beneath the restaurant, and all the bartenders had closed up their shops and come to drink at Marge's with us. And there we are, like, you know, toasting a glass. And like, this is it, man. This is the community. Right. Fargo's the, got a great scene a, for that. Yeah, that the the locals can really get behind. And so that really set it off into motion, what you're talking about, which is no matter where you're at, you're a local. Yeah. Um, the other thing that, that Shane and I have found to be really powerful is that when we go into these markets, we live like a local. So I mentioned I came in Saturday, ran a rapid marathon here, oh was up at... Mount That's Rushmore, not a local definitely. thing. Well, very local. Never have run, a marathon. run a marathon. <laughs> that's, a very, that's a very touristy <laughs> thing to do here. <laughs> Sorry. Well, to your credit, there was only eight people in the marathon. <laughs> that's even better. When I finished, they gave me a first place pin, and I was like, I didn't finish first place. They're like, but you did in your age group. I'm, like, well, I'm the only one who's over 40. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that's great yeah. um all right well i i uh i got one big question about vodka in general yeah what what are What's the, the rules, rules of vodka well the abc rules are basically it can't smell and taste like anything but the limitations on that have been pushed that, that's quite a really bit. A, that's really a rule of vodka it is. There's others more chemistry related, like it's got to be over 190 proof and some other, you know, more okay. more manufacturing side of things. You distill but... it to 190 and then cut it back to... Correct. To 80, 80, 80, 80 proof. Yeah, yeah. With water. So it's pretty straightforward. I mean, all whiskey comes from the same stuff. Well, right? but, but, but like yeah. bourbon has rules. I mean, it's got to be for 51% corn and True. blah, 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 blah. Yeah. There, it seems like... Vodka doesn't really have a rule as to what grain or grains well, it, go into it. And that's it why not. I feel so stupid about it, because I thought it was all made from potatoes. No. Right? I thought that's what vodka if was. You, if you can ferment it, you can basically make vodka out of it. So there's strawberry, there's apple right. vodkas. We have a little grape in ours. That's what so surprised me in this when I saw, you know, your, your mash bill, like you said. Yeah. Um, corn and California-grown grapes. 
Correct. So we use about 95% corn. Um, we actually, the first batch we ever ran was 100% grape. Now we did it because we were made at a craft distillery. We wanted to scale the brand, but we also wanted to have a nod to our home place of California. So right. we tried it with just grape. There are other brands out there like Ciroc of scale that are grape, uh, but it was very sweet. And so when we mixed it with two traditional broad spectrum cocktails, Bloody Mary and Martinis. Not so good. Not oh, so yeah, good. The Bloody Mary, that'd be terrible. It was not good. Yeah. And so we then introduced corn to try to cut that sweetness down and kept going and going and going until we found what we well, thought. Well, corn has a natural sweetness to it. Anyway. It, it I mean, does. especially when it comes to bourbon, and, and that's my like why I like bourbon is because it's got right. that corn sweetness to it. Yeah, exactly. So then we found, you know, where we landed was this position of it's still differentiated enough. We still have the marketing angle of California grape, um, and it's balanced and just cut enough to where it doesn't give you that big burn, which when we do tastings at retailers, that's what the home run is from a liquid-to-lip standpoint is the fact oh, this that it is, doesn't have the big burn. You are not kidding. This is easy to drink. Yeah. Neat. It, it, it is. I'm, I'm so surprised still that I can just sit here and sip this. I can't imagine this is another vodka. This is yeah, how I'm going to have to. Exactly. This is how I'm going to have to convince my wife that I'm at home drinking water. <laughs> I'm just like. Well, this one has smell to it, though. Sorry, Rob. <laughs> oh, it's got a twist of lime. You're going to get away with that. It's got a little um, lemon in it. Explain the uh, the uh, the shell, the, the coconut shell filtration a little bit, too. That's kind of, I mean, that seems like a very California-esque thing to do as <laughs> well, isn't it? Mo- surprisingly, most coconut or most charcoal filters, which is what's used to purify spirits, right? have coconut in them. Most of them do. Oh. Some are just more pronounced than others. They carry more of it. And so the filtration system that we use is coconut labeled and dedicated. Um, in fact, in one of our oversupply co-packers where um, we're trying to be prepared for sales that outpace what we can hand bottle right now at the distillery, we had to just put in a new filtration system, coconut filtration system, huh. because what they were using wasn't, you know, coconut labeled. Yeah. yeah. And then you guys have the uh, the uh, Palomar Mountain spring water there, too, that you throw in there. Isn't that where, yeah. the, isn't that where the, that's where the famous observatory is, isn't it? The Palomar no. Dis- Observatory? No. Isn't that the one, the so. dome-shaped one that sits that, up? You're talking on about the, the one in, in LA? The mountain? Well, maybe, yeah, maybe, possibly. No. You guys have more than one thing called Palomar out there? Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, if the Palomar Mountains are a small mountain range native to San Diego. Okay. So this is spring water from that. Um, the water does matter because, you know, yeah. it's only 40% alcohol in there. So the water also has a characteristic to it that's quite unique. You know, if we were just to use like a reverse osmosis mm-hmm. water just from the from the city or whatever, it'd be a little different. We toyed with that as well. So um, it's craft through and through, but, yeah. you know, still priced reasonably well for consumers around 20 bucks. And uh, we we love our liquid, so. <laughs> it's, yeah. It really is. Are, are there plans on expanding into different products, or are we going to, are you just kind of waiting to make sure that this baby's got legs underneath well you're in 12 states you said right right now we're in 12 states so the two biggest growth levers we have in front of us are sizes so we're only in a 750 size we'll go to the 175 next and then probably some minis uh potentially liters because the the on-premise bars are used to the liters um and also states because we're only in 12 so we got more room to grow there um there there is a partnership that we've entered into isn't public yet, 
um, but our vodka will be co-branded with another existing uh, alcohol beverage brand out there. Um, and that'll probably come later this fall. So, is that um, a big deal? I mean, it's for, a for big you deal guys. for us. Right. Right. <laughs> so we, that's we, what I mean. Sure. We actually won't own the brand. Okay. We will just be providing our juice. Got it. For that brand. <laughs> now we've got him turned. Yeah, there yeah you go. got me turned. Uh, but it's a co-branded opportunity for us. Um, it's really a marketing lever to bring a lot of awareness to our brand. And so, yeah, we're really excited about it. It just hasn't launched yet. Are there any states you're not in that you kind of wish you were at this point? Is there anything you're like, God, if we were only maybe um, just in that one? There's like three or four. I mean, you're in North Dakota, so yeah. unless, you know, you could have quit there, right? There's three or four that have showed high level of interest from the retailer perspective. One is Nevada, right okay. next to us in California. Sure. So the Lake Tahoe area, there's a bunch of casinos up there on the border that have expressed interest, but we're not in Nevada yet. Nevada is a little unique. Um it's more of a franchise state. So once you choose your distributor partner, you're kind of with them forever unless they trade you. And so you got to be real delicate about the decision you and make. you got to make with. sure that you're going to be a good fit. Exactly. Because so you're stuck with them forever. And and in the 12 states, we're partnered with Republic National in nine of them. Um, they're not in Nevada. So we'd have to go outside of our hmm. major network player right now. Florida makes a lot of sense for us. Um it's a big, big surf market. You know, the weather fits us right. really well. We've had interest from retailers there too, but it's also an expensive market to enter into. So you got to be prepared to invest in people resources and all your promotional activity. And we haven't really been there yet. So that's one that's like looming. Um, ironically, Texas too. You know, yeah. Wayne, Wayne's down there. Um, I lived there for about seven years. Texas would be a great market. It's an independent market, meaning kind of like here in South Dakota, you don't have big chain, big box, you know, retailers. So it's easier to get distribution into the marketplace when you don't have to go pitch to a headquarter Kroger or something like that as an example. Um, so Texas is attractive, but again, like Florida, it would require some significant investment. And right now we have, you know, our strategy is win where we live. So Southern California and where we don't. Uh, but where we don't, we have to be very curated as to where we go that we can make an impact without heavy, heavy investment. Sure. Yeah. So, but Nevada's on the plants. Minnesota's <laughs> another one. Yeah, Minnesota. That that was that was my next thought right there. I'm just kind of thinking around yeah. the Midwest here. And, you know, vodka typically is, is, is you know, the, the cliche of it when you think of Russian vodka and you think of Siberia, you think of the cold, and that's what you're drinking. So I'm thinking, yeah, a lot of these colder markets – seems to make sense to have a really good vodka that you can pull from. Well, Minnesota's got great lake activity. Sure. Yep, so, absolutely. Um, that's been an interesting. And we're in Fargo. Oh, sorry, I cut the wrong one there. Uh, <laughs> and, Rob was going to cough. And, and we're, we're in Fargo, right? So we're right on the border there. In fact, we've done some, some radio advertisement up there. But, like, at least 50% of their yeah. audience is on the Minnesota side of things. Sure, so, right. We'd like to snatch Minnesota in there and be able to fully execute on that. So, are you guys do you do you have any do you have any plan? Rob kind of asked the question, not maybe not you know branching out into into gins or whiskeys or things like mm -hmm. that, but just different versions of what you're making here. Just different, or is this? No, this, this is, is it, baby. We're really focused on the core vodka. Okay, we really are. Um, one, well, and it's very unique what you're doing there because so many people will want to be like, nope, this is just where we start. Yeah, and then we blow up from there. Yeah, and. I think I think us as the call it commercial experts to this thing, um, 
we really just want to drive home our core business, which is straight vodka. Now, once we get pipeline built and distribution, then you can start having the arguments in our opinion around, well, do you add a flavor mm-hmm. or do you add another something? Because then it's all gravy. Um, but we're really trying not to. And believe it or not, a lot of the retailer feedback we get, the first question when we ask them, so will you buy a case or are you going to add flavors? And if we say yes, they're saying no, because their tails of these vodka brands sure. aren't moving and they're they're consolidating it quickly. So what you'll see in a lot of the retailer stores is um, a lot of our very strong competitors have multiple facings of their core vodka. And those competitors that have a lot of flavors are being cut down in favor of just even more straight vodka facings. Well, the vodka is unique like that because you can make it taste like anything. Right. Yeah. Exactly. You really can. Huh. So. Uh, yeah, this is, uh, again, just, just drinking it straight, room temperature, which I guess I, I probably would have just drank it at room temperature anyway. I don't know if I would have. <laughs> I'm surprised you haven't added water yet. <laughs> no, no, no. Not yet. This isn't, this isn't 125 proof <laughs> like so many of you like to drink. Oh, suck it up. But You've been this doing this is, for years. I mean, I can, you, you said that uh, the lemonade, mixing of those lemonade is one of your big features with this, right? It is. So the Locals Lemonade. So, so Locals Only Vodka has taken on a call. Um, in parts where we've developed a brand pretty well as locals. And so it's become a catchy term with our, our drink. So Locals Lemonade, when we first kicked the, off the brand, we sponsored a music event called Bayfest down in San Diego, mm-hmm. and it was more of like a reggae rock type of crowd. Um, and we've got an old 76 VW bus that we gutted and put a tap system in. And so we'd bring the Locals Lemonade, and we'd bring a Locals Mule. You know, it goes really well with of ginger, course, ginger yeah. beer. Oof. And then we'd usually throw a third cocktail in there, what we would call a tropicali, local tropicali, which was like mango and guava. Uh, but lemonade would crush every time, number one seller. In the hot sun, it's kind of the easy, laid-back mm-hmm. thing to do. So Well, and you can, yeah, you, you can, just tasting this, um, you know, like we are, you can, you can... You could almost kind of pick out the, the mixers that would really taste good with this, right? Yeah. Lemonade, of course, would be great. Um, talk a little bit about, uh, before we let you go, David, about this um, the partnership you guys have with the 1% for the planet. Yes. So we're a give back vodka. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, girl, Shane, my partner, moved to California when he was seven. He's originally from Logan, West Virginia. I moved out there uh, back around 2010. Um, but one of the great things about California is its beaches and its yeah. mountains and the landscape and everything else. And so something that was really important to us is we started to create a company that um, in the true spirit of things was to build a legacy that outlived us, right? And in doing so, we wanted to give back as much as we can and also make an impact on the world. And so we partnered with um, a, an organization called 1% for the Planet that was founded by the founders of Patagonia Clothing Company. And so we give 1% of sales to local environmental charities. So in every state we go to, we find an organization that's also part of the 1% family and then at the end of the year we donate one percent of our sales we did in that state back to them so this past year um, we donated to a handful of organizations around our footprint changing tides foundation in california which is a female-led organization mainly around beach cleanups we donated to the kentucky waterways alliance in kentucky um protect our winters in colorado uh, you might need to do that in Fargo, too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we, we try to find um, 
in the states that we sell in, partners that are part of the 1% family and donate okay. back. So that's our way. Well, of that's awesome. It is. Yeah. I mean, and that, you know, it's it, most people will never even think twice about that. Um, you know, so it is, it's super important when, when businesses and companies like yourself do that, right? Yeah. I mean, because not everybody's going to think about it, but as long as the right people are thinking about it, you know, right. and maybe you can raise a little bit of awareness for it, that makes a big deal. So, yeah. uh, one thing that catches my eye on this label of yours, David, is it's 12 times distilled. Now, but, you're talking you to know, the brand officer for us, that, too. So, okay. you guys, I just <laughs> yeah. step out of the room at this point. Yeah. That, well, it, it, that seems, is, is that normal? I mean, that seems high. Um, I would probably say normal is maybe six in the vodka category. Why 12, then? But, but there's some that are, I don't know, 20, 30. Um, so we have a 12-column vodka still at the home place that we make this in. And so we run it through there and get all 12 stills going and uh, <laughs> all 12 columns going. And so that's what we do. But a lot of them, I would say, are six. Um, a lot of vodka also is made in bulk in some areas of the country that are just purchased and bottled. Right. And so that vodka that's kind of a commodity is usually six times, maybe even less. Um, and so a lot of that vodka is sourced in that manner. So we're a little unique in that respect. Well, yeah, I mean, we run into, obviously, on the whiskey side, there's source product. Yeah, it well, all comes so. from the same place. Right. right. <laughs> Someplace in Indiana. Yeah, exactly. In Indiana, right. yeah. That's right. I uh, mean, there's a handful of other people. I think there's some in Ohio that are sourcing stuff and even some in Tennessee. But yeah, I, I just saw that the 12 times distilled, it just seemed like that, A big number? It, it just seemed like <laughs> a big number for me. Uh, well, David, this is this is ridiculously good. Yeah. I, Thanks, guys. I am completely happy. Just to sit and <laughs> sip on I'm, it. I might have to take the rest of the day off. Yeah, well, like I said, got another podcast coming up with doctors. Well, that's good that they're doctors, though. Yeah, I should be fine, no matter. Well, you should give them some of this and loosen them <laughs> yeah, up. Maybe a little. <laughs> maybe they'll be fun. Yeah, uh, it used so... to be medicinal. Back <laughs> yeah, in the day. we still consider it here every, every day. Um, uh, David McQuiston, thank you very much, man, for coming in and talking with us. And Thanks, if you're uh, if if you're at the rally, I mean, if you yeah. get a chance to come out. Absolutely, come hang you, out you with us. Should, we, you we should know. come just for the spectacle of it yeah. all, for, yeah. if for no other reason than that. Right. I've seen pictures. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't well, really do it justice. Yeah, we'll give you we'll It's give like you seeing the... a picture of the Beatles. You know? <laughs> it's not really the same. Uh, we'll give you the full experience. <laughs> you uh, might get me to go to the rally if you come down. <laughs> I try to avoid it anymore. I'm getting old. but It's Locals Only Vodka, which is awesome. Great name, and you can find it right here uh, in Rapid City, almost locally. any place. Yeah, locally where you shop. So, local. Locals Only Vodka, David McQuiston. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate Thank it, you. man. Anytime. Thanks, guys. Yeah, this you is bet. awesome. Thanks, David. Thank you for listening to this episode of Whiskey at Work. I am the producer and host, Mark Houston, along with Rob Henry. Our shows are engineered by Chris Jaquist, and the video and audio editing is done by our own Russ Haddon. If you like what you hear, we would love a five-star review wherever you rate your podcast and leave us a comment as well. It's Whiskey at Work on the Home Slice Audio Network.